0: This is Are We Europe, the podcast for a changing continent. We ask the small questions and get the big answers. We dive into all things European cultures and identities and bounce all over the continent. It's about the places and people that come to life in sound-rich stories, readouts from our print magazines, episodes from one of the amazing podcasts in our podcast family, or intimate behind-the-scenes interviews with our favorite storytellers and Europe's most talented creators. We got it all on this channel. It's Europe, streaming right in your ears. Are we, are we on? Are we, are we Europe? What the truth is and how it should be told. I think there are a lot of borders to be broken. You can build it together. Community.
1: And a
0: Open minds, open borders, openness. Try to make Europe sexy. With, with all sex. Are we? Are we? Are, are we, we Europe? Europe? <laughs> yeah. What up? Are we Europe? Boom. Hi and welcome to AWI Europe. Today's episode is all about trains. Produced by Kim Aktegeel and Sepe Kunin. Tune in to the Iron Connection.
1: Long luxurious trains streaming through beautiful alpine landscape. Dining carts which look like they were preserved for royalty. And a single train ticket to take you from the shores of the English Channel to the Bosporus in Istanbul. The golden age of train travel truly speaks to the imagination. The year is 1883. Right before me stands the Orient Express, moving from Paris, France to Varna, Bulgaria. Over the years, with the two world wars yet to come, train travel changes. British Railways journey to modernization and transition away from steam-powered trains.
2: British Railways enormous modernization scheme goes full steam ahead. Of the estimated 1,200 million pounds to be spent in 15 years, one-third has now been committed. Work is on schedule. The aim is to make British Railways the best in the world.
1: Train travel becomes more glamorous, more extravagant, and it becomes mysterious. This is no ordinary train. This is the legendary Orient Express, witness to many strange adventures and foreign intrigues. This is Agatha Christie's most perfect crime. Murder on the Orient Express. In 1929, Agatha Christie writes the Murder on the Orient Express, a story that only draws more attention to the train. After the end of the original Orient Express in 1977, the American James B. Sherwood started collecting old carriages from the train and spent 16 million dollars on 35 sleeping, Dining and Pullman carriages. With these parts, in May 1982, the Venice Simplon Orient Express was born.
2: The trip of a lifetime, Venice Simplon Orient Express. My name is Pascal Liger, L-I-G-R.
1: He worked for the Orient Express in 1985. But how does a journey like this start? How do you get in touch with the Orient Express?
2: I'm French, born in Paris in 1964, and I was living in London in 1984. I was working in Newborn Street for a very famous French designer. We were very badly paid. The the pay was misery. Uh, At lunchtime, we had, uh, what, 45 minutes break. One guy, which I knew, a French guy, which I knew, he said, Pascal, I've been uh, contacted for a job, Uh, but I, uh, no, I don't think I will go for it because uh, I need to travel. It's well paid. Maybe you'd know someone for this job. I said, what is it? He said, you have to, well, it's for the Orient Express train. You will uh, be in charge of the shop on board. You will sell all the souvenirs, or all the special items they have designed for the train. Maybe you would know someone who could do the job. I say, I want to do the job,
1: yes. And he did. But he wasn't the only Orient Express employee who accidentally stumbled upon the job. Melissa, a younger woman, came in contact with the Orient Express through hostess work.
3: I'm Melissa and I'm from Italy. I lived two years in Venice. There I started this new uh, experience for the Venice Simple Orient Express as hostess. But they offered me with uh, my friend uh, to go on a train and work in Paris the next day.
1: But how was it like riding history's most luxurious train?
2: The first trip was a dream. I was feeling I uh, I was working in a museum, in a part of history. Um, everything was wood, glass, metal. There was this train with three restaurants, a bar car with a grand piano and a man playing. It was a dream.
3: The first thing when you go on a train is serving a glass of champagne. So you arrive in your beautiful cabin with a glass of French champagne. So it's super cool.
2: But I must tell you that in my contract, I was considered like a passenger. I was working on board but I had a cabin like a passenger. I had my breakfast in my bed like a passenger.
3: When you are having dinner, the steward make your bed. First your cabin when you go in the first time is like a sofa but when you're having dinner your steward changes it in a bed. I don't know why but I sleep like amazing, the sleep was amazing. My friend, for example, didn't sleep well, Uh, but I loved (laughs) sleeping there because it was so relaxing. You can watch outside when you sleep. You see Switzerland, uh, you see France, so it's also relaxing seeing the landscape. It's a very
2: romantic and uh, I don't think people uh, sleep very well in this train. You see, it's, it's quite romantic uh, in a way. Uh. Then people would come to see me at my little shop on board and they would talk, that like they would talk to the neighbor, not like uh, to people they were working for them. I was not working for them, I was just
3: the guy from the shop, you see?
1: A train ride like this comes with a lot of stories and fond memories.
3: We had the possibility of doing a big tour of all the train with the train manager. So he told us all the story of the train, of the carriage and everything. So And then we had dinner with him. This was a really nice experience because you are knowing what you are working for.
2: One day we had a special trip, invited by the French press, for the release of the uh, LP of Supertramp, brother of a bound, in 1985. And the group Supertramp gave a concert, a live concert, in the bar car, for about 40 people, no more. And I was there. It was just like a museum on wheels, and where you could meet famous people. I met Anton Hopkins. I met Robert De Niro. I met Juliette Greco, who died last year, a French French singer. I met all the staff from uh, EastEnders, the actors from EastEnders. I met uh, couples uh, who wanted to celebrate their anniversary. Some were young, some were older. It was like uh, if you were working in a theater, you would uh, do the same play every day, but the public, the audience was different.
3: When we were at the bar, at night full of old people because mostly we can say that for older people like drunk older people they were uh, dancing and one man fell on the on the floor <laughs> because also the train is moving so it was it was kind of weird but funny.
2: In the winter, the train was not running. But in 1986, the management decided to have a special trip for the New Year's Eve. But it was one of the coldest winters of the 80s in Europe. Minus 17 in Paris. I had this thick of snow on my blanket, on my bed. Because the window is in metal and it doesn't close really properly well it didn't at the time maybe they they put a new rubber on the top but at the time it was not closing properly so and because the train is going fast and it was so cold in the winter 1985-1986 it was snowing in the alps and the, the the snow was coming over in your in your compartment i had this thick of snow in the morning and my feet were so cold, there was no hot water, because it was all frozen. It was minus
1: 17.
2: Well, I I had to cope with it. But for the passengers, it was a nightmare.
1: While that was the golden age of trains, as decades passed, low-cost flights appeared. With that, investment in train infrastructure decreased drastically, but now, faced with the imminent danger of the climate crisis. Could trains have a comeback?
3: I think obviously that for the environment is better the train, but they have to adjust so many things here uh, with the train system. So I hope they can do it. It's really expensive. Above all, if you choose the, the suites, they are like €10,000 per night. I'm a lover of landscape. With a train, you have the possibility of seeing landscape, like Tessin or something that you couldn't see with a, with a plane. So for sure, I will travel with a train.
2: It's the thing you should do in your lifetime. You're, you will have to take it with your lover. That's the thing you have to do with your lover. If you can... Afford it, of course. <laughs> you don't sit all the time. Uh, you can walk in the train. You can go and listen to the piano. You can have a drink. You can have a lunch. You can have a dinner. You can dance on the train. I hope they will do again the train, uh, the night trains. Uh, it must not be too cheap, but it must not be too too dear if they want to make it this again. Uh, even if you can afford it, you, you do you do it once. It's like a cruise. On, on the Atlantic Ocean. OK, you take the Queen Mary once in your lifetime, you don't take it twice. It's, it's really so, something special.
4: Today, the original Orient Express to Istanbul and with it the golden age of European train travel belong to the past. Most of the major international railway companies have been replaced with many smaller national companies. Eurostar and Thalys seem to be the last of them, but something is changing. I'm here in the Brussels Midi train station, the beating heart of European train travel, right in the center of its capital. The German national rail company Deutsche Bahn has launched a night train from Brussels to Vienna, and many more projects are still to come with Brussels as its center. Brussels to Berlin and Brussels to Barcelona are just two of the many plans currently being drawn up by European rail experts. With climate change climbing to the top of public concerns, people are looking for more environmentally friendly ways of travel, with up to 60% of Europe's youth willing to trade their plane ticket for a journey by train. But the biggest obstacle remains the ticket price. But with the offer of train journeys on the rise, and the call for affordable, greener means of travel growing ever louder, the railway companies of Europe are taking steps in the right direction. And maybe this will usher in a second golden age of train travel.
0: Did you like listening to this story? Dive into all our readouts from this issue or previous ones, or listen to our narrative Are We Europe stories wherever you get your earful of audio right now. And don't forget, you can also become an Are We Europe member and connect with storytellers across the continent starting at €4 euros a month. Just go to areweeurope.com member and help us build a new media for a changing continent. That's areweeurope.com member.